Welcome to another episode of Sales with Aslan. I'm your host, Tom Stanfill, and I'm here with, of course, none other than the Tab Norris. Tab, how you doing, my friend? Fantastic, Tom. Great to see you this morning and um, just glad to be here. Yeah, and great. You're not tired of me yet after we spent the weekend together in Nashville? No. Nope. Just makes it richer, Tom. Yeah. Just makes it richer. <laughs> makes Tom. it richer. Well, we both realized how small our houses are by going through the Biltmore estate with 170,000 square feet and 65 fireplaces. I feel like uh, I live in a, a little shack. So, uh, But we had a great weekend. Good to see you again, my friend. But we're super excited about our guest today. So one of the goals, um, objectives of this show is to interview people that are number one in their organization, either the number one sales professional, the number one leader, because obviously we can learn from people who've risen to the top. And so this is one of those opportunities. So super excited. So why don't you, why don't you Tab, you know Tyler better than I do. Why don't you introduce our guest today? Yeah, yeah. Tyler Bergman is, we're really excited to have him here. I, I, I've got, I met Tyler back in 2014 and I had the privilege of being the first person that trained him on kind of 101 selling and he was pretty much wow. right out of school and it was the start of his career and and this is this is one of the things I do love about what we do Tom is is to be on this podcast with Tyler I mean, yeah. these are very special because I mean I've watched his career um, I've watched it just shoot up I mean I, I know you started at FS Investments and um, and it just as a sales associate, and then became an internal, and then and then eventually went over to preferred capital securities, and and became a was I think you started as an internal, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. And then moved into an external role, and then just kind of moved into superhero role. He just put a cape on <laughs> a superhero, and uh, <laughs> yeah. so it is. It is really a pleasure to watch as he is now. I, you know, I know one of the top, if not the top, wholesaler at Preferred Capital, and has been for for a while. And um, so, just really excited to have you with us, Tyler. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure to be here. I mean, thankfully, uh, starting with you training me, Tab, didn't derail my career too bad. Um, <laughs> See, that's always encouraging. You know, it, it, it really is. I, I, you know, you, you, it wasn't so bad that you couldn't recover from it. That's yeah, what I, I was, like to say. No, I was yeah. able to recover. But thankfully, I mean, you guys have had such a big impact, not only on how I sell prefer, uh, professionally, but also how I influence kind of more importantly in my personal life with my family and, and everything in between. Excellent. Well, Todd, before we get into it, I did mm -hmm. want to give you a big congratulations. I understand you just got married this weekend. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and you're on this podcast. You got married yeah. this weekend and you're on the honey. I, I had to, honey, I had to ask sorry. for permission. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you did ask for permission. Okay. I did ask for permission. Old Aslan 101. That's good. Oh, I like it. He's already slinging it around, Tom. It'll be good. Drop if I ever forget anything I've ever taught, I just call Tyler. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. I, love, I love that. But, so you got you got married this weekend. Congratulations, my friend. Thanks, That's guys. Awesome. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, listen, I, I thought a great place to start, Tyler, would be uh, if you could just give us a little bit, just tell us a little bit about your sales career. You know, anything, you know, just anything, you know, just to kind of get us started and then, then we'll dig in. Yeah, so let me backdrop just so the audience knows a little bit about me. I grew up, you know, wanting to be kind of seeing my background as the next Tom Brady. Mm. Um, for those of you that are listening, that are like, you know, who is Tyler Bergman? 
obviously I did not become the next Tom Brady. So, uh, what you what you do after you get done playing college football and holding a clipboard is, is you get into sales. Mm. So I started really in the trenches, kind of, you know, cold calling, prospecting, and you know, doing it behind the phones, and you know, eventually worked my way up to now. You know, I see customers in the field. Um, you know, financial advisors. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know, and I know I, I, I thought a great place to start would be if you could kind of give us what you think or what you see as the secret of success selling today. You know, in this current environment that we that we're in, what are what are some of the secrets that you've um, found helpful? Yeah, I mean, to me personally, I, I think it starts with with receptivity and, you know, this is not a plug, but I think there's so much information out there nowadays. And I think when you're taught early on, a lot of sales managers want to tell you that you're the best fit for everyone. Your product is a fit for everyone. Mm -hmm. We know that's just not the case. So if you can target the right people, but more so come in with that mindset of, you know, before trying to help someone, you have to see if they're open to helping. So I think that's one part of it. And then the second part is I just learned, you know, going through this marathon wedding planning process, I think there's so much information out there today where in the old days there wasn't information. So the salesperson kind of provided information. I think today our roles are almost as like a guide to basically help people guide through the decision-making process and tell them what they're not thinking about. So for example, our wedding planner, you know, told us, Hey, you're going to be overwhelmed at some point during your wedding. You guys should have a spot that you can go to and have five minutes of alone time. Mm-hmm. And that made all the difference on Saturday. So those are what I think are the keys to selling in today's world, really receptivity and trying to be a guide. Tab two, I, I think I want to make sure that we know things about Tyler that the audience doesn't know yet. I think it's really important when we start to listen to the advice that he's giving. Tyler, you are unbelievably successful at the firm that you're at right now. I mean, if I remember our last conversation and kind of preparing for this, you uh, are, you've lapped the field. If you look at the, the second, the person in second place in your organization, you sell twice what they sell. Is that correct? Am I understanding kind of where your success level yeah, in 2021, that was the case. Yeah, okay, correct. so you, you sold two, 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 I don't know exactly how to say this, but you sold two times more of the second place seller in your organization. So you're not just a little bit more successful. <laughs> you're, you're really doing something in your organization that obviously separates you from the pack, right? And I know you, you humbly don't really want to talk about that, but that's really critical for, I think, the listeners to know something's working that you're doing. And so just to kind of, I want to unpack a little bit what you're saying. So you're saying if you, you go to the customer and you kind of have this mindset of like, we may be a fit, we may not be a fit. In other words, we can't help everybody. Exactly. Yeah. That we can't. Okay, cool. That I think that's. And, and can I, I, I wanted to add something to this too, I think, which is really important perspective um, because I know I've worked with the organizations that Tyler works for, worked for and works for. And it's not like he just has more opportunities. Mm-hmm. I, he has oftentimes less opportunities, less targets. 
um, if I remember correctly, you were definitely in the lower tier of targets. So mm -hmm. it's not like he's just in this target rich environment where he's got lots of opportunities. And that's the thing that's been so impressive to me is he's digging in deeper mm -hmm. and he's finding opportunities where other people didn't find opportunities. And I think that's, it's important to point that out when you're giving us some of your secrets, because I think those are two critical. I elements. love that. I love that. So the key is creating receptivity by offering choices and communicating up front. You're not a fit for everybody. You're here to mm -hmm. be their guide. So talk to me a little bit about the guide idea. Uh, I love that. I love that term of kind of, I think that positions us nicely is that we're supposed to sort of help them, you know, sort of navigate this process, this decision-making process versus push our stuff on them, right? Push our solution. So tell me a little bit more about how you think about your role as a guide and what you tell the customers or anything you tell the customer about your role. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the beauty of our role is that I get to be in top advisors offices across the country. So mm -hmm. they don't really care what I think unless it's coming from the extent of, this is what XYZ top firm is worried about over here. So to go in there uh, and say, you know, this is what these firms are worried about. How are you guys handling that? All of a sudden, you may, I don't know if you guys still talk about this tab, but early on, you talked about gap questions, which were get at the problem. That's what I think is, is really a key to, to my success. Got it. Okay, got, so, so basically you know, asking questions. So people don't disagree with their own data, right? You're asking mm -hmm. questions to where they're involved in figuring things out for themselves versus you just telling them what they should do or shouldn't do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's I good. love the idea too of leveraging what you learn from other people because that has a nice, you're positioning yourself as, as again, kind of a servant, a guide. Like I'm here to share what I've learned from other people that are successful in the, or in, in, you know, in this industry, which I always, I feel like, uh, sales professionals don't leverage that knowledge that much. I mean, you know, like I know it, it, this decision makers that we work with, regardless of industry, they may only talk to, if they're lucky, a handful of people in their role, whereas a sales professional could talk to hundreds of people in their role and they could glean that information and then share it. I mean, I, and I know when sometimes I meet with executives, one of the first thing they'll ask me is, what are you learning about this industry? What are you hearing from other people? What, 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 what don't I know? I'm in my little bubble. So Tyler, is that, it sounds like that's something that works really well. Well, and I wish I could say that it was, you know, I'm, I'm smart and I figured this out. It was kind of out of necessity. <laughs> like, like any great things, like the listeners can't see this. I'm 29 years old. I still look like I'm 12. When yeah. I started, I was 20 in the field. So in an industry where the average age of a client is probably 55 to 60 years old, you know, to get past that, that phase of them thinking you're like their grandkid you're right. or kid, I think taking you seriously. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, and I've know, I've watched it work. Um, and I know you've done it. Um, I wanted to kind of, I wanted to kind of double click into something super specific that I know you do well because I've seen you in comparison to other folks. And I think our listeners can appreciate this is one of the big challenges in sales. And I know in your world where you're, you're going after a group that's hard to get to like the big players are very insulated. It's not like you can just easily get meetings with some of these top wealth, wealth advisors and, and those folks. Um, 
I would love for you to share with your listeners the secret of success specifically on getting meetings. I feel like you always do that better. You've always done that extremely well. You've gotten more meetings with advisors than others. You've been able to pull that up. Can you give us some insight into that? Definitely. I mean, that's, that's really the input to the, the sales number and to kind of our success. I think it comes down to three things. It's picking up the phone. I still think mm-hmm. because we get so many emails nowadays, most of my meetings are booked on the phone. Um, but when you're on the phone, I think a lot of people, they get an assistant, they get a gatekeeper, they get an office manager. They're either trying to get around them or they just dismiss them and say, you know, I'll call you back. You know, I'll call them back later. But if, if you can prove to even that gatekeeper that you're different and ask great questions, I think all of a sudden the gatekeeper mm-hmm. is almost on your team. Yeah. And that office manager will help put that follow-up email in front of the advisor or will tell you when to call the advisor and when's a good time. So I think that's the second key. And then now that I've been you know, outside for the last five years, in our industry, like the drop-ins aren't really that popular or they, they're not that common. So what I've started to do is I write handwritten notes and you know, leave my card in there. I may drop off a little promo item and just, I'm not looking to take their time there. I'm just looking to, to introduce myself and just stand out and be a little bit different from the mm. 1,000 other calls and emails that they're getting. Mm. I love That's that. Good. I, I love that. Of course, you know what it reminds me of, Tom, mm-hmm. is Wall Street. You know, remember yeah. trying to get the meeting with Gordon uh, Gecko? What does he do? <laughs> yeah, what does Bud yeah. Fox do? Yeah. He, he's kind of connected with the assistant. He gets the cigars. Yeah. They've become great buddies. I love it. That's I love good. that. I love that. I love the idea of picking up the phone. You know, like, oh, you actually, whatever that means to who, you know, your industry, but like you have to do the work. I think one of the consistent things I'm learning from people I'm interviewing that are successful in the pandemic, I mean, I'm talking to some people that are outperforming other people four to one in the same market, doing the exact same thing. And like, well, what are you doing? Well, I'm not participating in the pandemic. (laughs) You know, it's like, I'm I'm just going to continue it's like, if you believe you can get a meeting, you get a meeting. If you believe you can't get a meeting, you can't get a meeting. So it's like the idea of do the work. Uh, I love the idea of like treating the gatekeeper like the decision maker. I think that's kind of what you were saying. It's like, exactly. I'm not going to just look past them. I'm going to look at them and treat them like you're important. You make the decision about who gets in the organization. I love that. And then the handwritten note, which is unexpected, I guess that kind of gets their attention. I want to know what you put on that note. Like, is there anything mm. like when you think about the content of your message, when you're trying to get a meeting or something that you do that's unusual that you think you found sparks the interest of the decision maker? Yeah. Usually it comes down to two things. One, I want to put something individualized to them. So I'll look at their website. Uh, and if I see, you know, for example, they're big Georgia Bulldog fans. I'll say, mm-hmm. you know, congratulations on your national championship win. Beautiful. And then the second part of it is usually kind of you guys talk about leading with their whiteboard. It's a problem that is on their mind. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't talk product at all. It's more so of a, hey, is this a problem that you deal with? If so, it may be worth, you know, a 10 minute conversation. Mm-hmm. Yep. What I love that. You, yeah. What are you going to say, Tab? Well, no, I, I'm, it was funny. I was just talking to someone that has worked with Tyler. Yeah. And I, I was, I was digging a little bit on, on why he's been successful. 
And uh, that was one of the things that he told me. He said he's all about the white. He's all about them, about their whiteboard, their problem. Everything always comes from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I think that's one of the reasons he's had a lot of success. Well, and it goes back to the guide idea. Like if that's your sincere role, like if you sincerely mean that you're trying to guide the customer, it has to be to their destination. Mm-hmm. Like it, it has to be about them, you know, versus so you're leading with them, whether it's I a Georgia Bulldog fan or I love wine or whatever it is, you're 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 holding up a picture of them. And if you do that, they're gonna look at it every time. They care about what they care about. And so you're putting them in the front and center. It's really just not that difficult. It's, but because we, is there anything you do? Because I think most people would agree with that. This is a thing that I always find interesting when I'm working with sellers, or even I, I, I focus on my own behavior when I'm selling. We all, most of us agree with that idea, right? We mm-hmm. agree that we're supposed to be customer centric and focus on the customer, but very few people do. Even like, even we do breakouts and, and we're training and we talk about this concept. Then we go to our little breakout. Everybody just goes back to their same thing, which is my stuff, which is such, cause there's such a gravitational pull to that. Is there anything uniquely that you think you do um, before the meeting or sometime during the meeting or during the day or week or whatever that gets you to tune into that? I think it's just repetition. I think in my meetings, I, I usually start most of my meetings by saying, look, you know, I appreciate you investing the time to meet. Yeah. You know, my goal of this meeting is to figure out, you know, either, you know, we are a good fit and we can help each other or, you know, we're not a good fit. And, you know, at that point, that's okay. Cause we're not a good fit. We can't help everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think starting that the meetings off that way just really shows that, you know, basically the customers in control in the way of choice is that I'm not going to pressure them or I'm not going to do any of the kind of the old school sales tactics. So that you really, you really buy into what we call drop the rope concept. Yeah. If only you I know. could learn to do it with my uh, wife and, and family, I'd <laughs> probably do it a little bit easier. But with- well, well, Tyler, I'm, I'm, if, if I hadn't mastered that yet and I'm a lot <laughs> older than you, I, it may not, it may be, may be unmasterable. Oh, and God. that is that is why so for those of you that aren't familiar with drop the rope it comes from this this principle called the tug of war principle that the idea is when you try to pull somebody to your position you try to force them to do something they're going to pull back even if it's in their best interest to listen to you or follow you they're gonna instinctually pull back <laughs> i saw a cartoon the other day where a sign said don't juggle machetes <laughs> and, <laughs> and the and the the, the the man leaned over to the woman that he was walking with i guess it was his wife and said i have this strange urge to juggle machetes <laughs> like, yeah don't you tell me i can't yeah yeah it's like machetes. i could be about to put my seatbelt on and somebody says put your seatbelt on i'm like well now i'd rather go through the windshield yeah so we don't like to be told what to do so there that's so we you know we believe in this concept called drop the rope right you communicate mm-hmm. there's freedom to choose and then people are more likely to listen to us, but it's so hard to do that when a lot is on the line, whether it's our commission, mm-hmm. our relationship with somebody we really care about. It's so difficult to say, Hey, you know, like I'm having conversations currently with my wife about her health because she's struggling with her health. I want to pull her to the, the direction that I think will be best for her. 
it's so hard to say, you know, this is your choice. So how do what's your, anything you do, Tyler, that gets you, is it repetition? Like you've just done it enough to know that it works. Uh, is there any secrets that you have of applying this drop the rope concept? I think it's just seeing it work, not only, you know, with my wholesalers that did it before me and then seeing it, you know, firsthand. And, you know, I'm not perfect with, you know, being other centered, but when I am other centered, I find that I win more. Um, and yeah. maybe that's because it's a better fit for the client at that point. But I've always found that telling my advisors, hey, this is not a good fit for this situation. All of a sudden, you gain so much more credibility than anything you would have said before that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's, um, that's I, I, I was curious to ask another question, too, around, you know, you've covered a lot of things that you do, do from a capability perspective, you know, mm -hmm. things like dropping the rope and being other centered and 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 how you craft your message in order to get their attention. All extremely important. But I wanted to see if there was anything that you do from a work ethic perspective. Let's just talk work ethic here for a minute. That do you think impacts or separates you from other sellers? I, I, if there was something that separated me, I think it's a couple of things. So first, you know, I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts, listening to audiobooks, so sharpening the saw. You know, the old paradigm, if you give me 24 hours to, to chop down a tree, I'm going to spend 23 hours sharpening the saw. Right. And I try to, I try to spend a lot of time from that perspective of, of listening to, to people that have done it before me, listening to your guys' podcasts and, and all the other sales books. I think number two is taking care of my health. I, you know, I found just being a former athlete when I'm, when I work out in the morning, when I eat healthy, when I'm not you know, drinking the night before, I just feel better mm -hmm. and I'm able to perform better. And then the last thing I think in our role as outside salespeople, we have an internal partner that is pivotal in our business. And I think a lot of teams leave the prospecting aspect of our territory solely to the internal partner. Mm -hmm. And since I've been an external, I've always made more prospecting calls and scheduled more prospecting meetings than, than any other wholesaler and almost any other internal. So I think that's the three things that it comes down to for me. Which is, a huge, it's not complicated. I talk about it all the time. It is a little bit what we were talking about, Tom. It's just not that complicated. Yeah. Just you, you're outworking your competition. You're really good, but you're outworking them. So even if you weren't as good, you know, you would beat them. And, and mm. I, I, which I think is phenomenal. And, um, and, and I want to go back to one, the first point you said, you're always sharpening the saw. Mm -hmm. um, I, I get, I've been doing this a while. I've trained a lot of salespeople over the years. It always amazed me that Tyler multiple times over the last seven or eight years, even when he was on top of his game, I would get a phone call. Mm -hmm. Hey, can you give me some insight? What would you, how would you handle this? What would be your perspective? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a hunger to drive towards excellence. And um, I've just seen it and it's a yeah. big separator. That's such a great, that's such a great point. You, you remind me of all the, the top sellers that I've met with over, we've been doing this 27 years 
And so one of the things I'm always fascinated by, which is sort of the, the behind the scenes goal of this podcast is just to meet, meet with the people that have been, that are doing it and, and making it work, right? And they're successful. And that's the consistent thing I hear from them, Tab, is they're hungry yep. and humble. <laughs> hungry and humble. Hungry and humble. They're like, so when I remember talking to a seller, he was in the building business and he was the number one guy by far, kind of just like Tyler. And, and he said, yeah, this comp, the competitor builder came into the market. And uh, so everybody was afraid of this competitor builder. And I go, so what'd you do? He goes, I went over to look at their houses. <laughs> I love it. He goes, I know, he goes, I know more about their build, their houses than their sales reps know about their houses. Yeah. So it was another, so there's a, something about knowledge and work ethic and humility. It's this sort of cocktail that people mm. that are successful, they're just hungry and humble, you know, versus the people like, yeah. And I've I got all the other end, other end of the spectrum where I meet with people that like aren't successful. And I always say, well, are you willing to do this? And their answers, even though they may not exactly say it, is no. They have a lot of no's. They have a yeah, lot of things no, they won't no. do. I'm like, well, tell me what you will do. Because yeah, you've no. made it real clear all the things you won't do. You know, like, I go, well, you, are you interested in talking to someone? Oh, we can't get meetings in this this environment. You can't uh, get meetings. I'm like, well, oh, yeah. would you like to talk to somebody who's getting meetings? <laughs> no. Nah. They don't say no. They change the subject. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. I mean, we do. you know, everybody's got their own choice and their own path. But if that's not what you want, don't do it. That's great. Go do something else. But if you're just be honest, like be honest that go ahead, Tyler. I, I was going to say Tom, and that's kind of what I believe. I mean, I think not only feeding like your diet, but I think you have to feed your mind as well. And if you yeah. hang around people that say, mm. oh, we can't get meetings. I mean, that, that will cripple you so, to, to listen to a podcast and hear from, you know, sales leaders and stuff like that. I mean, I think that's like a part of just the routine. Yeah. And it just empowers you almost to, to know that you're in control. Yeah. Well, and, and I've got another little piece of feedback. See, some of this stuff Tyler doesn't even know. See, I'm, I'm always learning about yeah. Tyler. I can share mm. stuff with yeah. him. Yeah, other center. That, that he doesn't know. But um, one of the words that always comes back when I ask people about you, Tyler, is consistency. Mm. You are consistent you're not up and down and all around you just do the right thing over and over and over again and there's a consistency about you and i think that's important for listeners here i, I that is a trait that i do see in successful salespeople. that 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 is a uh, so leads me to a question i wanted to ask tyler it's kind of related to that i want to get him to rank that because i do think that's mm. one of the drivers i've always thought that sales really boils down to four drivers it's mindset which is how do you think about your role? What are your beliefs and your values, your mindset? You know, like you talked about being a trusted guide or a guide. That's your mindset, right? That, that's, mm -hmm. Versus I, like some people that are, have commission breath, their, their, their mindset is how can I talk the customer into buying something, mm -hmm. right? They're money-driven or self-centered. Self mindset and then the second one is disciplines. You know, the, the planning creating your plan, working your plan, following your process. Okay. So mindset discipline, then there's knowledge and skills, mm. right? What do I know about my, my solution and my customers? And then lastly, skills. So mindset, disciplines, knowledge, and skill. How would you just off the cuff, how would you rank those? If you had to say, what was number one, if you had to pick. To, to me is discipline. 
just the okay. consistency aspect of doing it over and over again. And I'm, I'm convinced that if I stop doing these things, okay. I will go to the bottom of the board. Okay. <laughs> so, wow. even, even if you had the knowledge and you had the skill and you had the right mindset, if you didn't have the discipline, you would drop. I love that. What would you say is number two? Um, I think mindset for me. Okay. Okay. Cause it drives a lot of other things. Then, then I, I would it, guess you'd say knowledge and then skill. I think so. Okay. Not yeah. My, uh, it's funny. One of my groomsmen reminded me growing up, uh, in his speech that, you know, I wasn't the most athletically talented guy, but you know, he said, and I'm like, Oh, thanks Tommy for that. That's yeah. I appreciate really- it. Love you, Dan. <laughs> and he brought it back around and said, you know, but no one was more consistent or worked harder. So I may be a little biased, but I, I that would be my order. Yeah. I love it. No, it's, it's what, it's what works for you. That's, that's what we want to know. We want to know what works for you. I think that, I think that pretty lines up with a lot of people that I've asked. Um, I got one more question for him, Tab. You got, you got, you got, you got something you want to throw out there before uh, I last? No, you last. go. And then I'll, if you don't pick up mine, I got one more. I want to ask him too. Okay. So you go. I want to ask you, Tyler, what's the biggest challenge that you've overcome? Mm. I always feel like we learn something from people who, yeah or on their pathway to success, there's something that was blocking them that they had to overcome to get there. I was inspired by that story. Yeah, I think my greatest challenge was, it's very tough to get off the internal sales desk where you're the guy making cold calls. Okay. And, you know, thankfully I'd gotten the opportunity that our last place territory was Northern California. So, you know, our, our CEO came to me and basically said, hey, Tyler, you know, there's not much you can do to screw this thing up. So we're going to give you a chance out in Northern California. <laughs> um, but the territory was in last place, had no customers. So it was a pretty tough and a foreign area for me. I'm from Florida. So it's a pretty tough place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, within a year, we had brought that territory to number three in the company. Wow. And I, I think... And I, it's just, it's crazy to me that, that people don't ask more, but I think what helped me is just simply not trying to reinvent the wheel mm-hmm. and just asking people before me that had been through it, what to do. And, you know, I think for every problem we have as, as human beings, there's another human being that's had the exact same problem mm-hmm. that's been able to make it through it. So why try to figure it out on your own when you can call tab and, you know, the Chuck Norris of consultative selling. <laughs> <laughs> he just made my day, Tyler. I'm out. I'm retiring Norris from the podcast. Of consultative selling. That is your new intro tab. The yeah. Chuck Norris of consultative selling. Oh, oh, thank you, Tyler. That was rich. I, I, I owe you for that. The yeah. Chuck Norris of God. You kind of look uh, like Chuck Norris. You kind of look well, like Oh, Chuck. yeah. You ought to see me mm-hmm. on the video. I love that. <laughs> that is really, I, that is powerful, Tyler. And and you are like that. You're tenacious. I it love is that. So true. It's like, it's like, yeah. that is so true. It's like everybody wants something and there's someone that can help them get it. If they would just ask, I was sitting at a, a, a airport waiting for a plane, sitting at the bar and I was sitting next to this guy. He was probably 25 years old and he was an inside sailor, right? He was internal, like just really inside sales. 
And he said, so what do you, what do you do? I said, well, I, I basically train inside salespeople. This was back when I was, that's all we focused on tab was inside. This oh, yeah. Yeah. Early days. And then like, you know, so we, well, who do you work with? I tell me I work with. And he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm an inside sales. That's great. He never once asked me a question. <laughs> like, like right. I, I, all I do <laughs> is train inside sales rep. That's my profession. You know, you know wow, like, what's, what's been working. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're in inside sales and, and people pay me for their advice and I'm here and I'll give it to you for free. Would you like it? No. <laughs> it's like it's, like i want to go what what is what's the barrier there i don't it's it's crazy because then people like you tyler are just like well obviously just ask because it's not yeah. it, maybe it's they don't want to know maybe they don't want to do it um and there's nothing you know nothing wrong with that it just makes opportunity for you i just well, think you know, a lot of people are not hungry i mean they're not humble yeah. they're not maybe hungry. they're you, yeah, maybe they're your not ego the right side role. yeah i don't know what were you gonna say tyler i, was, I mean the other thing is I don't know why people don't ask because if you don't like what they say, you still don't have to do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you might as well ask. I yeah, do think I do think there's a hidden reason, and I've heard people say this before: is it makes them feel stupid? Uh, uh, because it's if you tell them something, they don't, it puts them in the position of not knowing something. So if I, and so there's an internal struggle to the, because they may feel insecure. If I ask, I'm revealing that I'm less than, or they think of it as it's putting in a position of less than, which is not true. Anybody that's successful, you'll see what they do. I mean, I've looked at pro, you know, coaches, you just talk about football. I've studied when writing the book, I studied these people who've been super successful. They were, you know, the best coaches in pro football. They come out of a meeting. The first thing they go is how to do. Yeah. The most successful people, they'll go on these talk shows. I remember her here, Oprah Winfrey say, what could I've done better? How did I do? They, they, they ask these questions, but so I think yeah. there's something to learn there. Yeah. It is funny. I, one time I was at, at doing some coaching at preferred and you had called me about a question or something. And one of the guys turned and said, why is he bothering you? He's killing it. He's like wave over quota. Mm-hmm. Why, why is, why does he have anything to ask you? He should be telling you things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's why he's so successful. He's never going to stop asking. He's you never going to stop, stop learning. Yep. So that's great. Such gold here. Tab, did you have another question? No, you actually took mine. Oh um, man. I'm sorry about that. It's, it's okay. I love it. Um, I did. If we, let's, if we're not, I, of course I do. I'm my, my non sales mm-hmm. question I have, I want to ask, but I don't okay. want to go there until we've really, unless you have anything else you want to dig into. I no, feel like man, I, I, there's so nuggets. much here to chew on this. This has been amazing. Tyler. Yep. Thank you. Great. Takeaway. Appreciate you guys. But um, I did have a kind of uh, just a fun question because we're fun, you know. <laughs> um, what is because you've been a lot, you've you've lived different places. You're young, but you've done a little. You've done some traveling, you know. You've you've lived in different spots. Do you have a favorite vacation spot? Ooh, favorite vacation. Uh, yeah, so I would go with Lake Tahoe. And, and Ooh, the reason- I love Lake Tahoe. Reason for that is growing up in Florida, the only elevation we have, if you see elevation, it's the dump. <laughs> there's, no, there's, there's nothing else. So, and Tahoe, you got mountains, you got dump. hiking. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. Or it's a dune made by Pete Dye. <laughs> <laughs> but it isn't natural. Yeah, he, he made his dune, yeah. I love it. So any, any resort in particular that you like at Lake Tahoe? You know, we've bounced around. We've we've done the Hyatt at 
the Incline Village. I've done yeah. South Lake Tahoe. Um, I think if you're looking for more action, South Lake Tahoe is the way to go. Oh, that's um, you, North- Tab. Oh, yeah, you know North- me. I'm always I'm yeah, the Chuck Norris of skiing. That's what they Norris, say. The Chuck Norris. He's action. He's all action. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't think you can go wrong, though. You can go summer or winter. It's just a great place. Yeah. Wow. That's great. I, I did, took my first trip out there a couple of years mm-hmm. ago and was just blown away when you can look down and see that lake when you're skiing. Yeah. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. magnificent. So, so wow. much, so much to learn, Tyler. So, you, you know, you're number one at selling, number one at getting meetings and why you talked about drop the rope, be a guide, help the customers to basically just make the best decision and serve them. Um, discipline's key, learning's key. There's just so many great things. I, have, I took a ton of notes. Yeah. Um, also, we got Tab's new label, the Chuck Norris of sales training. <laughs> that's going to stick forever, yeah. and he's going to love that. And that's great. I think that's very, very much him. Well, um, can I I'll, let me? Can I make one more step? Because I was kind of yeah. pulling this together too. Right, and yeah. and uh, the thing that kind of jumped out at me that uh, I thought was a great leave behind, Tom. Mm, I love behind. you. Know love- me. I leave love behind. a good leave behind. Love it. Um, you said, number one, you always are sharpening the saw. This is always sharpening mm. the saw. Two, you take care of your health and mm. you always more make more prospecting calls than anybody else. I, I thought that. that was a great kind of net out thing as well. So. Which, the, which the number one driver for you, you said, was discipline. Mm-hmm. right follow the disciplines like and that's so true because you everybody can do the thing they're supposed to do regardless of how well you can just do you know come up with a plan work your plan do the disciplines make the calls just 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 do the work right that's beautiful yeah. yep. and also i think it's really important that tyler said if you want to be number one you listen to sales with adlin i feel like that was really <laughs> that, that was, was really takeaway that was really yeah you should podcast I think he said podcast like this yeah. one. I think yeah. we can yeah. extrapolate and say that it was that's his his favorite podcast. I think, oh, I think we yeah, can easily say that. I think we could pull that out of that. Yeah, yeah so, I didn't so, get to give any travel tips or anything like a couple of podcasts ago. I think top twenty tips of the year. Oh, was that not awesome? That I, was I, awesome. There was some great takeaways. Well, do you have a travel tip? Yeah, you know, you know, I, I'm always looking for a good travel yeah, tip. Me if too. Something jumps me too. off the top of your head. Yeah. So it's funny. We're going to use Tom's when we go on our honeymoon about booking a room, um, <laughs> booking the suite, and then booking yes. the rest with points, the normal room. I think my travel tip, just because I'm forgetful, is in my suitcase, I always have a toiletry bag and running shoes. So that every time I travel, I don't have to rethink, did I get my toothpaste? Did I get my razor? Did I get my running shoes? That's a great idea. You just Brilliant. have a separate travel. You'd always Brilliant. keep it there. You'd never and worry chargers. about it. And chargers. and chargers. You got a whole little back. Oh my gosh. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I have to, good. yeah. I have, that's going to have to lug all my hair products tab. That's going to be expensive. <laughs> See, that's when you don't have hair products like me. You don't have to worry about that. I love it. Well, guys, a great episode. Tyler, thank you. We are honored that you joined us. I hope this, I know this was helpful for everybody that's listening. So, and those of you who um, did listen to the podcast, like us, give us comments, let us know that we should continue to do this or how we can serve you better in the future. So thank you for joining another episode of Sales with Aslan. Mm-hmm.